This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Hump Day, Raider Nation. Welcome back to one of our favorite shows every week. That is, of course, the Raider Nation mailbag, where we get to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your insults, your compliments, whatever it may be, we'll take them equally here at Silver and Black today. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, just turn on the auto downloads and then you never have to worry about it again. Every time there's a new show, we'll just pop up there on your phone or in your car. We'll be able to do that. Shout out to all those people taking pictures of their their car. Mo, I get a kick out of that, don't you? When you see somebody like our, our good friend Raider Loke out in Cali putting on in his stereo in his car and you see the silver and black today logo and he's listening to us in his hoopty. Rock Raider 585. He would come after me if I didn't get his Twitter handle right. Also, he's another guy who likes to listen to us while he's in his car and his way to work yeah. while he's doing overtime. So continue to send your screenshots of you just listening to the show, wherever you are at work, going to the grocery store, picking up your kids, wherever you're going, send us those screenshots. We appreciate those. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to jump in, Mo. We got, mm-hmm. we got great questions. And so we're going to start off with the first one, which is good news. So Raider Nation decompressed a little bit during the off week. They did, they're not overly negative after the loss to Kansas City, which always hurts Chiefs fans. It's like It's like getting kicked in the crotch when you lose to the Chiefs. I understand. All right, here's the first one. Scott and Mo, thank you for all the updates. Really appreciate all you guys do. Thank you for listening, by the way. Question regarding Chandler Jones's emergence last Monday. I wonder what you attribute his success earlier in the game. So that first half, of course, thank you. That is from Mark Burris. So Mark's question, what do we attribute Chandler Jones? What, what was he doing that you saw Mo and watching the all 22 film? What was he doing differently than he was the previous four games uh, that really helped him attack that chief's offense? Uh, 
you said the word attack. He was more aggressive, I mm-hmm. thought. And mm-hmm. in the first three games, I felt like Chandler Jones was more of a a contained guy because he wasn't rushing the quarterback with at full speed. At times, it looked like he was moving at half speed as if his job wasn't to go after the quarterback, but to make sure the quarterback doesn't escape to the outside. Now, I know they played against Justin Herbert, who's mobile. Kyler Murray, of course, who ran anyway in the second half. Uh, Tannehill, who's mobile. Russell Wilson, who's mobile. Patrick (laughs) Mahomes, who's mobile. So I understand, like, when you're a defensive end, a lot of fans have to understand when you're defensive end, your primary job is not always to rush the quarterback. Sometimes it's to make sure the quarterback doesn't burn you for 20 yards on the edge. Now, I will say, when you pay Chandler Jones $17 million per year on a three-year deal, you're expecting him to run the quarterback. But I think with Patrick Graham, this may be a scheme thing. Patrick Graham may have asserted that his job be to make sure the quarterback doesn't burn us on the outside because that can hurt us just as much if he's sitting in the pocket picking us apart. Did you see anything in that game? I, I saw I saw not only the aggressiveness from him, but I saw more aggressiveness and I think some some more movement on the inside as well, which made a difference early on. Second half, it seemed like they completely forgot what they did in the first half. But in that first half, I liked I saw Clee Farrell, which we talked about yesterday on yesterday's show, and the fact that he's doing better. I saw a lot more movement. It's, it looked like Patrick Graham was really playing with some different um, looks there to confuse the Chiefs. Yeah, and we saw it benefit Max Crosby with using Cleveland Farrell on some stunts and twists. Mm-hmm. That also helps with your pass rushers, because, but you need an interior guy who's going to demand some attention there to help you out with that. And as I've said on previous shows, Bilal Nichols, two-year, $11 million deal, $7.1 million guaranteed, hasn't been what we expected. I think if he gets more of a push, you'll see even better from Chandler Jones. But as you said, moving up front does help your edge rushers. Absolutely, it does. Mark Barris, thank you so much for your question. We appreciate that. Also, good to see Chandler Jones get off the milk carton and instead get on the (laughs) video board with some highlights. All right, our next question comes to us from Lee in Las Vegas. Lee says, look, I'm not asking for Josh McDaniels to get fired, nor do I think he should. But my question is this. It could is there any scenario you guys see where Josh McDaniels could be a one and done coach? Thanks from Vegas. Take care. And that again is Lee. So Lee in Las Vegas. So I look at it this way, Mo. Is there there's a possibility of anything happening in the world, by the way? So mm-hmm. if the Raiders were to go uh, ele- or excuse me, to go uh, uh, go go six and eleven, or if they were to go uh, four and 13 if they were to go if they were only to win three games would that be an indication that the Raiders made a mistake could Josh McDaniels be a one and done if it's really really bad I don't think it will be but if it was I can see two scenarios in which Josh McDaniels is fired after the season or before the season ends one Mm -hmm. They find his emails and they find something they don't like in his emails. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, oh boy, oh boy, he would have to he would have to lose the locker room. So not only would the mm. Raiders have to, how do you know when he does games, that though? How do you is the, that is that the players, just spirals? It spirals and the players basically quit. If you gotcha. remember before gotcha. before the before the Panthers fired Matt Rule, David David Tepper said something. He said it seemed like the players. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, he said players that looked like they weren't giving their all out there. Mm. So once the players tune out the head, the head coach and the coaching staff, it's over. 
<laughs> you can't right. come back from that. Once you lose the locker room, there's no coming back from that. So not only would the Raiders have to finish with a very poor record, but he would have to also lose the locker room in order for Mark Davis to go, we got to move on. Because otherwise, you know, you brought him in with Dave Ziegler, and I doubt it's a one and done just because of the record. It has to be something deeper than that for him to say, we can't move on with this coach. Well, and he has to lose Dave Ziegler, right? I mean, these guys are friends. They, they quote unquote, grew up together in the Patriot mm-hmm. system. And to me, it, it would have to be Ziegler's call. I mean, there's no question Mark Davis is letting him make the call. There's no personal connection like there was with Gruden and Davis, right? This is a whole different thing. So if, if Ziegler lost confidence, to your point, if he lost the locker room, I can see that. But I, th- I think they could go 4-13 and 13 and still he could be coached because if they say, hey, listen, we got a top five draft pick. Uh, we got some things going on here. We're going to get C.J. Stroud. We're going to do wh- whatever they decide to do. Then, then suddenly your fortunes change, right? So, so I think Lee, it'll be very difficult to see a scenario where that happens. But Mo, hundred percent. If you see guys quitting, that means they've quit on their coach, and you got to make a change. You just can't come back from that. So we'll see how that goes. But good question by Lee. We appreciate it. By the way, he asked the question to me the right way. He wasn't being overly negative. He wasn't being a fanboy. Uh, and saying that you can't fire him ever. He was basically asking the question, hey, I don't think he should be fired, but is there a point where he would be? So I I, I, uh, I appreciate that as well. Basically, basically Lee, Lee didn't email in and say, fire everybody. If we don't go <laughs> to the playoffs, everybody needs to go. Uh, I, no, I, again, I, get like the, I get those emails a lot about me. They said, fire Scott. Let Mo host the show by himself. So anyway, we'll we'll figure that out too. Stop it. But I haven't lost the locker room. So, all right, here we go. Uh, this is from our good friend, Gary Harkinreader, who writes in all the time as well. We appreciate it. Send a shout out to him. It's a little bit longer, so I'm going to read through this. He's got some statement, but he's got a scenario here, Mo. I think you'll like this one. And he says, I don't know. He's like, you guys, if you address anything but questions in the mailbag, but questions aren't my style, which I just love that. But I'm thinking about the difference between scheme and play design to take advantage of personnel with the Raiders. Consider the following. Derek Carr is under center. Zamir White, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Carr vacates position to go wide. Now you're in the wildcat. Defense has to use a timeout. This time Carr stays under center. Defense is still in conflict. Depending on down and distance, Carr can play fake, pitch, handoff, or still go with a wildcat play. The point is, it's vital to put the defense in conflict. The Chiefs do this with motion. If you uh, just think of the multitude of plays you could run from a White and Jack Jacobs dual backfield. I'd love the OC with this offense. I don't need the defense to be great. I just need to put a defense in a position to do the best they can. Thanks for your time, Gary. So what about Gary's scenario? You know, he's just scenario. He's doing some scenarios there, which I love because, Mo, since July, you and I have been talking about the strength of this running back room and Josh Jacobs doing an amazing job. You know, kudos to him. And we talked about it before, and we talked about it yesterday. But Zamir White's been underutilized in my bet. What about a two-back set? Is there is there and in using Derek Carr like Gary says? It's funny he brings that that up because before the season started, I did some research on Josh McDaniels' tendencies with the Patriots, and he was one of the highest at the Patriots were one of the highest at using two-back sets. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm wondering why we haven't seen it much yet and i'm thinking it's probably because as i've said before on this show and i know fans don't want to hear this 
Josh Gutierrez is one of the com most complex offenses in the league. It's been said over and over again. And I think what's happening is there is just still getting the foundation of his playbook and his system in mm. before they pull out the other bag of tricks. Now, I know he's done wide receiver reverses and flea flickers and stuff like that. But as far as like the two back sets, like Gary is suggesting, I don't, I don't foresee a wildcat situation happening because that just isn't in Josh McDaniel's DNA. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll pull something out like that. But I, I think you'll see more complexity as time goes on and once we know they have the system down. But to Gary's point, I would like to see two uh, backs on the field. I like to see Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. I'll do one better. I dropped the column on Sports Now today, and I said, I want to see Amir Abdullah on the field more. Do you yeah. remember in the offseason, Albert Breer dropped the tweet and said, Amir Abdullah has locked up the James White role. Yeah. That's why we didn't see him. We only seen him played in one preseason game. One, because he had locked up a position. He has one catch for 23 yards. Where is there's, no, there's been no there's been no James White role on this offense. Right. And and no, this is no offense to Josh Jacobs. He's been no. great, but we all know Josh Jacobs can get nicked up over time. Mm -hmm. So why burn him out midway through the season or three quarters to the season when you have all of these running backs you can use? You have so many more weapons you can use. I would like to see Amir Abdullah and Josh Jacobs on the field because if Amir Abdullah is your pass catching back, that forces the defense to consider him as a pass catcher out in the flat. Or down the field. So I, I think, to Gary's point, I would want to see more two-back sets. Again, I don't think we're going to see Wildcat, but to have Josh Jacobs on the field with another running back, for again, forces the defense to think a little bit. And as he said, the Chiefs do it so well. They even get Travis Kelsey involved. Sometimes he's under center. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Travis Kelsey take a direct snap yesterday against the Bills. Yeah. So get creative, but I think first the Reds have to get the system down because, as you can see, there's still some hesitation. Players are still playing up to their full potential. We talked about Waller and Henfro not playing up to their full potential. I think part of that is because they're still grasping the system, and once they do, you'll see more wrinkles. Well, and I think your question about Josh Jacobs and getting nicked up, I think it's because they've struggled so much on offense at times that when Josh Jacobs is running well, they're just like, hey, let's just give it to him. Let's just keep going. Because if he's your, if he's the key to your offense, you're not you getting Waller to do anything. Hunter Renfro hasn't come alive yet, right? You have Devontae Adams at times, but they just, they're just rolling with what works at that point. So I think it's a little bit of desperation. And to your point about them catching up with the playbook. But Gary, great question. We certainly appreciate it, man. That was a good one. We're going to take our first break here on the Raider Nation mailbag show for this Wednesday on Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of your questions and comments. And then in the third segment, we will have our lightning round. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black Today. He is Mo. I am Scott. We are talking nothing but Raiders football. Don't go anywhere. 